Well, good morning, church. <laughs> if you just jumped out of your seat, raise your hand. You didn't have to. That was like 100% participation. There it is. Good morning, Mission Church. Come on, it is December 29th, 2019. Wow. Come on, what does that make you do? Is anyone's mind blown that it is about to be 2020 in just a couple of days? Here we are, last Sunday of 2019, last Sunday of a decade. Where did you think you would be? 2020. Here we are, last Sunday of the year, with the privilege to have message number 16 in our series called Courageous Calling. As we come to this last Sunday, as you can see, it's going to be a little bit different. Turn to your neighbor and say, another one of those different ones. Go ahead. Come on. Would we end it any other way? We got one goal today. One goal. Next step. One goal. Next step. 2019 is going to be gone. 2020 is going to be here. A lot of us will approach this. For some of us, it'll kind of be magnanimous in many ways. And others of us will be like, it's another day. It's another day. It's another day. It's another day. Well, it's true. January 1st will be another day unless you commit today to just take another step. What's the goal today? Say next step. Goal today is the next step. Here's the series for those of you who are guests this morning. We spent the last 16 weeks studying the life of Moses. Our series has been called this, Courageous Calling. Courageous Calling. Why? Because Moses had received an incredibly courageous calling from the Lord. And not unlike you and I, he'd received three callings from the Lord, generally speaking. The first one is this, the call of salvation. Every person in this room called by God. Repent, believe, be baptized. At that moment, at the call of salvation, when you bend your knee, when you answer that call, the scriptures say, when you repent of your sins, ask Christ to be your Lord and Savior, you become a new creation. At that moment, it is a call of God. Moses answered the call of faith. Hebrews chapter 11 makes that abundantly clear. Now this, the call of obedience. The law of God is written on the conscience of men. We've said that week after week after week. Romans chapter 1. And so God is calling you today. Next step. Next step. For some of us, it will be the step of salvation. For some of us, it'll be a step of obedience that you know the Lord is calling you to make. Step of salvation. Step of obedience. And then we said this. God has prepared good work in advance. God has prepared good work in advance that you would walk in these steps. God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. Like you. Like you, Moses was called in these ways. But remember this. Moses was given one large call right at the beginning, wasn't he? No. He was 80 years old when that bush burned. And a voice came out of it. He was 80 years old whenever the Lord said, I am calling you to go back to Egypt. One large call, followed by many individual calls. 
simple calls, next step calls. I didn't realize when I answered the big call, it was going to mean this too, and it's going to mean this too, and it's going to mean this too, and it's going to mean this too. How many times do you think Moses felt like he was in over his head? This step too? Any of y'all ever felt like you were over your head this past year? Any of you felt like in the call of the Lord as he's placed it upon your life, you feel like, really, one more step? One more step? One more step? Lord, if I go one more step, my feet are not going to be able to touch the bottom. That's the point. Have you felt in over your head? Do you feel in over your head now? Maybe it's a temptation that you haven't been able to shake. Maybe it's something at home. A conflict that you haven't been able to overcome. A child that you're just praying that the Lord will reach. Come on, we had a moment like this midway point through the series. Where is God in on this? Where is God at on this? goal this morning is next step not fully arrived next step not I wish I was next step just next step for the last 18 years of ministry for me I've always felt like I've been in over my head can you relate to that The Lord's just kept me at that place where my feet, just as I thought they could touch the bottom, he's like, nope, 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 one more step. Come on, one more, one more, one more, one more. Why? Because I believe that the Lord is calling you to this place, to the place where your feet don't touch, the place where you can read Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. When your feet are touching... Dare I say you're not trusting at your full capacity. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him. He will make your path straight. You see, when I can make rational sense of things, man, it's my own understanding. Oh, how I love to be right. Anyone with me on that? How many times were you right in 2019? Have you kept score? Repent. (laughs) Tell her you're sorry right now. Or the other way around, but I'll just take ownership of my stuff. Do you notice he'll make your path straight? Calling. He'll make your path straight? Calling. He'll make your path straight? What's next? What's next? Trust me. What's next? Obey me. Trust me. Trust me. Next step. Next step. Next step. Next step. If your feet can touch the bottom, the word of the day is this. Take another step. If you're comfortable where you are, take another step. If you're not trusting the Lord for your next breath, take another step. If you're not grasping to the life preserver of Christ, if you're not clinging to the Holy Spirit of God who is in you right now, here's the goal. Take another step step. Because if we've learned anything in this series, it's this. Any call worth pursuing, any God-sized call on your life or mine, it'll be something that we will not be able to accomplish on our own. Did Moses not learn that? As amazing as Moses was, 
as amazing as Moses is. The thing the story taught us is this. Moses was not the star of the show. Moses was not the main figure in the Exodus. Who was? Come on, lift up your voice. Say God. Say Yahweh. Elohim. He's the star of the show. There is no Exodus. There is no answer to God's call without God giving Moses the strength. How have we seen God's strength? Moses had the trust in God's providence even to take an next breath as a child laid in a basket in the river of the Nile. God's purpose, God's perspective, God's promises, God's preeminence, God's propitiation, God's power, God's provenness, God's battle plan as he had to raise his hands in the air as the battle was fought in prayer. He had to trust in God's peace. God's purity, God's patience, God's presence, God's persistence, and God's precision. And today, friends, we are trusting in this. Our God is proven. Say proven. God is proven. The question is this. If your life was recorded like Moses' life has been recorded, if today was the last day that you lived, and someone then sat down, and was able to record your entire life's journey as Moses' life's journey was recorded. And it was read for generations to come. Would people be able to look back and say, God was the star of that journey? Would they be able to look back and say, God was the centerpiece of that story? God was the one. They, every choice that they made, every step that they took, it was taken in the power and the strength of God. Come on, look at your life right now. 2019 is about to be gone, and this is not a moment for regrets. It's a moment for looking ahead and saying next step. Because that's not true. If every step hasn't been trusting in the Lord till now, we'll deal with it today. God can give you a clean slate into 2020 as it pertains to the, your spirit's conscience. You can't change the consequences of the past, but you can change your posture going into the future, can't we? Here's a question that's been plaguing me throughout this entire series. How do I know if my life's calling is from the Lord? <laughs> Come on, how do I know? How do I know? Well, number one, the call of salvation is pretty clear. That's of the Lord. The call of obedience, God's moral law is abundantly clear. Here's the one that I get hung up on. Life's work, life's work, life's work, life's work. We're all called to the mission of God. But what place in the mission of God am I supposed to play? This is not the only way, but here's one way that I believe you can determine. Is your call a God-sized call? Here's how you'll know. It'll be a call that I don't believe you'll fulfill in its completion in this lifetime. It will be a call that you will hand down to the next generation. And it's probably a call you received or picked up from somebody else. Because each generation hands down the call of God to the next. That's exactly what you're going to see Moses do today. And if the call that God's called you to isn't big enough that you're not going to complete it completely and you can't hand it down, come on, take another step. <laughs> if stepping out in faith scares you, you're not alone. God knows your fears. 
God knows First Corinthians chapter 10 says this it's actually why we're studying this story these past 16 weeks because God knows and he gave it to us for this reason now these things took place these things in the Exodus and the Old Testament took place as examples for us that we may not desire evil as they did These things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction. Can you just get your mind around that? The entire Exodus story for our instruction? God's glory, but our instruction? On whom the end of the age has come. It's coming. Therefore, let anyone who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. One of the divine purposes of God The reason why the Exodus story was in in his word, the reason why we have studied it is to find our strength in the provenness of God. And so if you're ready this morning, if you're ready to gain strength in God's provenness, take your next step in salvation, obedience, or life work. Say, come on, let's step. Are you ready? Say, let's step. step. Worship team's going to play. And as they play, I just want you to kind of as much as the Spirit would move in your heart, I want you to think about your past year. However old you are, however back, far back you can remember, consider, consider the Lord's work in your life as they play. And so the words have left your lips. The question is, are they true in your heart? Can you sing with integrity today that all my life you have been faithful? All my life you have been so, so good with every breath, with every breath, with every breath, and I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Wherever you're at today, we come to this passage of Scripture and God's Word, the end of Moses' life, and it is abundantly clear that he is in a spot or haven't taken step after step after step after step. That it's going the same measure of faith that it took to take the first initial step is that faith which grew inside of him all the way up until the end. If this song existed then, Moses could have sang it. Today we find strength in the provenness of God. Moses was a man who knew the provenness of God. Listen to what Moses says to the people in one of his final addresses to the nation. Calling out to them, he says, I call to heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, come on, people. Come on, nation, Moses is saying, who I've had the privilege to lead in the strength of the Lord for the past 40 years. What is set before you now is life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, come on, choose life that you and your offspring may live. Loving the Lord your God and obeying his voice and holding fast to him. That's that's your choice. For he is your life and the length of your days that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers and to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob to give them. Look at how Moses points back to the past as he challenges them into the future. Chapter 31, verse 1, Moses continues on. 
And so Moses continued to speak these words to all of Israel, and he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I'm no longer able to go out and come in. The Lord, the Lord has said to me, you shall not go over this Jordan. It's as far as you'll go. The Lord your God himself will go over before you. He will destroy these nations before you so that you shall dispossess them. And Joshua now, he'll go over as your head instead. As the Lord has spoken, and as the Lord will do to them, and as he did to Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites, and to the land, and when he destroyed them. And the Lord will give them over to you, and you shall do to them according to the whole commandment that I have commanded you. Be strong. Come on now, God's people, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you, nor will he forsake you. And then Moses summoned Joshua, and he said to him in the sight of all of Israel, Be strong, be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. If you have a copy of God's word, come on, turn there with me now. Deuteronomy chapter 31. What we have this morning is this, three ways, three marks that we truly are trusting in the strength of God's provenness. You want to know if you're going into 2020 trusting God? It'll be evident in this. You'll walk out of here finding contentment in God's plan. You'll walk out of here finding contentment in God's plan. Some of you are wrestling with God's plan this morning. You don't like where you are. You don't like where you've been. You looked at the hand and thought for sure it would win the table. Now you're this close to folding. I don't know about you, but it seems to me oftentimes the hardest steps of faith are the first and the last. (laughs) First and the last. Finishing well is hard. But guess what? You don't know when the last step is. You know, we've got to back that up. You know what the hardest step is? (laughs) The first one and the next one. (laughs) The first one and the next one. The first one and the next one. The first one and the next one because the next one might be the last one. That's the point. We don't know. And that's what makes this passage so unbelievable to me. Verses 1 and 2 of chapter 31, Moses comes to the people. He says this, to all of the people, I'm 120 years old today. Come on, anybody, anybody rivaling Moses in age today? Go ahead and raise your hand if you choose. Oldest person in the room, never mind. Come on, keep going. 120 years old today, Moses says. What he's saying is, in this day, now I'm 120 years old. Look at what he says. I'm no longer able to go out and come in. I'm no no longer able to go out and come in. 120 years old, he's in his last days. He's no longer able to go out and come in. But here's the thing, you would look at that and say, well, 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 he's he's probably down and out. He's probably ready to throw in the towel. Deuteronomy 34, 7 lets us know this. 
when Moses says, I can't go in and I can't go out anymore, it has nothing to do with his spirit, that's for sure. Deuteronomy 34, 7 says this, Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was not, his eye was not undimmed and his vigor unabated. His eye was undimmed and his vigor unabated. He could still see where the people needed to go. He could still see. His vision was still clear. He knew the pathway. He could could have seen the way there. His vigor, his vigor, his vigor, he was still full of it. Deep down in the hole, the fire was still burning. He wanted to, he wanted to, he wanted to. But what? physical strength wasn't there. I can't, I can't go out and I can't go in anymore. Guys, I can see it. I can dream it. But I can't, I can't, I can't take us there anymore. How frustrating would that be? How many people, when they get to this phase in their life, they're filled with frustration and they're filled with anger and they start shaking their fist at God after a long life full of His faithfulness. Now at the end, have you been there? Maybe not in age, but in other circumstances? Lest we find contentment in God's plan, that's where we'll end. Not Moses' story. How would peace, how would peace, how would peace is Moses here? What lessons can we learn from Moses here as we contemplate an end and a beginning? I don't know about you, but I don't know if I could have said what Moses says next. For the Lord has said to me, you shall not go in. For the Lord has said to me, you shall not go in. In one of his last, one of his last speeches to the land, what does he bring up? Something that I would have liked to forget about a little bit, wouldn't you? one of his last speeches to the nation, he puts right in front of him his failure. I struck the rock twice, guys. You know it. The Lord told me I'm not going into the land. I'm not going. He's not ashamed of it anymore for the Lord has forgiven it. He's not ashamed of it anymore for the Lord has forgiven it. He's not ashamed of it anymore for the Lord has forgiven it. And now the Lord is going to use it to teach another generation. This is why, this is why the scriptures say, confess your sins that you may be healed. This is why the scripture says amongst the leaders, come on, call out the sin that we may stand in fear and move further ourselves. And may the one who has fallen want those who come behind to step on. Notice this from Moses. No pity party, no manipulation. There's no trying to change God's mind. There's no trying to slip in anyone's suitcase. Instead, he embraces God's plan for him and his challenge. He's challenging the next generation, go farther, go farther, go farther, go farther. Learn from me and go farther. I'm not going but you are. I'm not going, but you are. Not all of us in this room are promised tomorrow. We might not be going, but others are. Frail in frame, but still full of passion. I've laid a choice before you, he says. I've laid a choice before you, nation. 
I've laid a choice before you, church. He said, I've set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose to obey or choose to suffer. Choose life. Love God. Obey his voice. Hold fast to him. Why? Because he's the length of your days. He's the one who will take you in. He's the one who will fulfill his promise. Put yourself in Moses' shoes. You didn't get everything you wanted. We're not where we all want it to be. Have you come to peace with that? Moses found contentment. Moses found contentment. Moses found contentment in God's plan. And as 2019 comes to a close and we come to another decade, have you embraced God's plan for you? Moses didn't get everything that he wanted and neither will we. Moses got more than we could handle. He could handle and so will we. You see, part of finding contentment is embracing who you are. Do you know who you are? Do you know who God's created you to be? Do you know who you are in Christ Jesus as a child of God, firm and secure, your identity set in him? Come on, 2020, let it be so. Do you know where you're headed? Moses knew generally the direction, but he had to trust God for every step of the way. He knew generally where he was headed, and he knew when the end had come as well. That's peace. Something else about finding contentment and peace is coming to terms with the things in your life that you can change and the things that you couldn't have changed. Things that you could have changed and things that you couldn't have changed. Things that were within your control, quote-unquote, and things that weren't within your control, quote-unquote. Hear me, God is sovereign. Hear me, God has a providential plan. I understand that, but the scriptures are also clear about man's free will. And so within this theological tension, come on and consider this. Moses couldn't choose where he was born. Moses couldn't choose who his Hebraic parents were. He had no choice that a law had gone out in the land for Hebrew children to be killed. He had no choice to be laid in a basket. He had no choice. He had no choice that Pharaoh's daughter would come by and draw him out. He had no choice that he would be an adopted person. He had no choice that he was going to come his first 40 years in royalty. He didn't have a choice. There are circumstances in your life that you didn't choose. But you're still carrying the weight of those things today. Part of coming to terms, part of finding contentment in God's plan for your life is recognizing there are things that you can't choose. You didn't choose. It wasn't your fault. When circumstances like this occur, they become assets to the content heart. They become spiritual artillery because the scripture says this. God comforts you so that you can comfort others. Moses also had to come to terms with this, though. There were things that he did choose. There were choices that he did did make. 
He chose to say yes or no to God. He chose to say yes to the voice in the bush. But he also chose to ignore God's word and not circumcising his sons. He also chose to strike the rock twice. He chose, he chose, he chose. And Moses had a life full of good choices and some really boneheaded choices. Come on, I'm not gonna make you raise your hand, but I'm gonna raise mine super high that I can relate to boneheaded choices. Come on, he said yes to going before Pharaoh when he, ha- he didn't have the voice. He said yes to God and striking the staff and parting the sea. He said yes to God and wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Would we have that strength? Oh, I pray we would. But you know what else he had to choose? He had to choose to ask the Lord's forgiveness for murdering an Egyptian. greatest heroes in the Bible is a murderer. He had to ask the Lord's forgiveness for striking the rock. He had to ask the Lord's forgiveness for the nation. You see, to move ahead in God's plan, to find contentment, we must. On your notes this morning, you'll find an opportunity, a spot where you can just look back and say, Lord, I choose today to find contentment in these things that I had no control over. I'm letting those things go. I'm giving them to you. I'm going to choose to the best of my ability to renew my mind and realize that these things were for my strengthening, not for my harm. Lord, as I look back over this year and over my life, here's here's some sins that I need to confess. Here's some choices that I should have made differently. This is between you and the Lord. This is between you and the Lord. You don't even have to write them down, but I find when my eyes see what what my heart is saying, it is super healing to my soul. And then this, Lord, I choose. Father, today I choose. I choose the next step. I choose to trust you for the salvation of my soul. Lord, I choose to obey you in this way. Lord, I choose to serve you in the year to come. Come on, take some time. The team's going to play, pray, spend time with the Lord. Write some things down. Do business with God. He knows. He hears. He cares. You got to wonder if Moses kind of felt that way. I answered the call, and then it was like, his goodness is running after, running after, running after me. Sometimes that goodness nipping at your heels, I don't know. It makes you feel like you're taking a step just a little beyond your comfort zone. Isn't that true? Come on, what's the goal today? Say next step. What's the goal today? afraid you've forgotten for a second. Next step. We're trusting in the provenness of God. You come through a point like point one, making peace, finding contentment with God's plan. I'll be honest with you, if you do it right, it can be exhausting. I mean, if you take it seriously, it can be exhilarating and breathtaking at the same time. 
really peace peace with that I planned on carrying that all the way it's really old true on point one you need point two you've got to find confidence in God's power if you're going to take a next step you've got, we, we, we've got to find confidence in God's power This is not like a New Year's resolution kind of thing. Not a big resolution guy, personally. If you don't know what God's called you to generally, come on, get on that, and let that be next year's resolution too. You gotta wonder where Moses was. He was physically exhausted for sure. Remember that scene from two weeks ago? Moses, after all of this, you're tired? Come on, give me that ball. You've pitched your innings. It's next man up. You see, what comes next in the text is an absolute miracle to the control freaks in the room. Come on, any control freaks in the room? You don't have to admit it, but you can confess it to God right now if you are. I may have a slight little run of it. Ask my wife, she'll tell you it's true. You're all aghast, I can tell. Look at what the Lord says. Look at what he says. Look at what Moses says. And the Lord, your God himself. Listen, church. Listen, nation. The Lord himself is going to go before you. He will destroy these nations before you so that you shall dispossess them. He's the one who's going to knock these leaders off of their thrones. And now this, and Joshua will go ahead as the Lord has spoken. Moses is saying, I'm not going, but I don't need to go. I've led you, but you don't need me to lead you any further. You've never really needed me. You could almost read between the lines, Moses saying, I'm just a redeemed murderer who answered God's call. You don't need me. You don't need me, but by God's grace, you can almost imagine Moses kind of posturing here, but by God's grace, he's used me. By God's grace, I've been able to lead you. By God's grace, here I stand. By God's grace, though, I'm not going. The Lord God himself will go before you. The Lord God himself will destroy your enemies. The Lord God himself is going to kick these people out so that you can dispossess them. And here, and then this. And God is going to give you a new man to lead the charge. What a grace of God here. God doesn't merely say to Moses, hey, you've pitched your innings, give me the ball. Here you have Moses actually taking the ball and placing it in the next pitcher's hands. Come on, when's the last time you saw that in a game? That's a man who's found peace. That's a man who is ending well. And then can you feel, look at verse 6, can you feel the emotion of Moses in this charge? Be strong. Be courageous. Imagine, imagine these will be amongst your last words to the next generation. Do not fear. Don't be in dread. 
I know what it's like to live in fear. I know what it's like, Moses must be saying, to not trust God to the full. But we've seen him. We've seen him, nation. We've seen him, church. We've seen him come through. Trust. But it's the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Why could Moses say this? Because he has seen God prove himself over and over and over and over again. And if you're on the front end of faith, if you have not yet trusted Christ, you're wondering, you're wondering, like, really? 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 Come on. Test and see. God is faithful from here. Look at somebody near you who's shaking their head up and down and asks them, how has God been faithful to them? That's how we'll know. Testimony after testimony. God's word. These things were written so that we would know. Think of all the people have seen up until this point. Think of all the ways the Lord has protected the nation. Think of all the ways that he's guided Moses till now. Think of all the ways God's power has been shown. And now consider this. In Christ Jesus, all of that power is ours. In Christ Jesus, all of this power has been afforded to us. And I'm just curious today. Point two. Point two is this. Where, where, where do you need to see God's power at work in your life in the coming days? Where would you cry out to God and say, based upon these commitments, these next steps, Lord God, I need I long to see your power here. Come on, consider it. God saved Moses' life and then placed him in a family. Perhaps, perhaps today you need to experience God's power within the family of God. God used Moses despite being a murderer. And so today, perhaps you would write this down. God, I need the power of your forgiveness. Perhaps you were the one who was wronged, and so you would write this, Lord, I need the power to forgive. He used, he called Moses from a bush, and maybe your next step this next year is, Lord, I want to hear your voice from your word. God redeemed Moses. He redeemed Moses' wife and children. We read of it. We studied it. And maybe today, Lord God, I need to see your power in my family. God, please, I'm calling out to you in these moments for my family. He gave Moses courage to face his fears, and so today you need the power of courage. What fear is, it in your, what fear is at your door? God gave Moses clear direction to lead the people through the Red Sea. Come on, that's the power of vision. To believe, to trust that God is going to put dry land under your next step. God gave Moses patience for people. And everyone said, that's mine. God gave Moses patience for people. That's that's the power of God's mercy, isn't it? God gave Moses provision. He gave him provision of water, manna, and quail. That's the power of God's grace. God gave Moses' brothers to hold his hands up in the midst of battle. Friends, that is the power of unity. That is the power of unity. Come on, that is the power of unity. If we're going to move ahead as a church, it's got to be this power right here. God gave Moses this. 
God gave Moses discernment in Exodus 18 to govern the affairs of people, and that's the power of wisdom. Do you need God's wisdom today? The scriptures say, if you lack wisdom, ask, and he'll give it to you. God gave Moses wisdom. God gave Moses discernment to govern. God gave Moses the moral law. And here, oh, friends, do we not need God's power to obey? God gave Moses a glimpse of his glory. Friends, this is the power of worship. That he would rent the heavens again, that he would habit the praises of his people. Oh, that I would lay my life down as a living sacrifice, for this is my reasonable act of worship. God, God also gave Moses the ability to intercede in prayer. Come on, friends, we all need to take a next step in the power of prayer. God gave Moses loving discipline. When he needed it, God disciplined those he loves. This is the power to accept God's plan. And then this in this text, he gave Moses closure. That's the power of trusting God's provenness. God can give you the power of closure right now. God can give you the power to accept his plan through prayer, through worship, through obedience and wisdom, through unity of folks who love you and who are around you. God will extend his grace. He will shed his mercy on you. Out of that comes courage. Out of that comes wisdom within your home. Out of that comes the foundation of God's word there. Out of that comes living in the power of God's forgiveness. Out of that comes realizing you are part of God's family. Friends, in this, in this, in this, this is power. And so as we look ahead, what we're going to do in these next couple of moments is take some time to consider God's call. This next step that you're making and identify where you need God's power in your life. Take some time, pray. Pray and thank the Lord. Ask Lord for power in this area. Thank the Lord that he extends this power and grace to you. If you're here with your family, feel free to pray together as a family. If you're here with friends and you know one another, feel free to circle up and pray together as friends as well. If you're a guest this morning and you don't feel comfortable doing that, please, please, just take some time where you are and speak to the Lord. For he hears. For he hears. I'm going to see a victory. But that doesn't mean everything is going to come out just the way I planned it. I'm going to see a victory. What that doesn't mean, everything is going to fall perfectly into place according to my plan. I'm going to get the job, and I'm going to get the girl, and I'm going to get the guy, and I'm going to get the, and it's all going to, when you understand the goal line, when you understand the example that is before us, what's the goal? Glory to God. What's the goal? Faithfulness. What's the goal? Come on, challenge, come now you think you're crazy to pray that way. But if you understand that it's in the challenge where God gets the glory as he gives you the strength. This next year will not be, you're not promised for an easier year. We as a church are not promised an easier year. What we're promised is this, with peace comes power. With peace comes power. 
And with God's presence comes courage, point three. If we're going to take our next step, we have got to find our courage in the presence of God. I so love how this passage ends. Verse seven, then Moses summoned Joshua. Don't you love that the end of our courageous calling series ends with somebody being called? Moses, the authority. Moses, the leader of the day. Moses, the statesman, calls up the young buck and says, come here. He authoritatively calls him before the nation. He says to him in the sight of all of Israel, come on, try to capture this moment. What's going through Moses' mind right now? Like what is playing? What, what images are playing in the theater of Moses' mind right now? Burning bush, staff in hand, plagues falling down, Red Sea parting, manna coming from heaven, hands raised, battles won, Mount Sinai, 10 tablets, to- stones breaking. Come on, can you see it all coming out? golden calf, 12 spies sent, 10 lying dead. Water flowing from a rock. Come on, which time's playing in his mind? What does he hear? The voice? What does he hear? The grumbling? Does he hear the thunder from the mountain? Does he hear the flood of the rock? How many thuds does he hear? One or two. Whatever's playing in Moses' mind, what's living in Moses' heart is good. What's living in Moses' heart is good. I pray by God's grace, whatever the circumstances of your past, through the power of the Lord, goodness resides in your soul moving forward. Peace, power, courage, strength. Why? Jesus himself says this, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. You want to know how you really feel? It's what you say uncontrolled. I didn't mean to. That's the point. Probably the worst moment of your past year is how much progress we've actually made in our spiritual lives. That's not to discourage you. That's meant to cause us to end the same way we started, in complete dependence on the Lord. Complete dependence on the Lord. God, the worst of me, needs the best of you. Father, please help. And so here Moses comes before the people again, having done business with the Lord himself. And he repeats these words. And so whatever specific call the Lord has placed on your heart today, whatever specific call, salvation, confessing your sins, whether it's a call to obedience, Lord, I'm going, I'm going to get right. I'm going to confess, Lord, Lord, life's work. I know you want me to serve you in this way. As we take our next step today, these next words to Joshua, indeed are words to us, church. Come on, original context. This was spoken to Joshua. I know. 
All of these things were written that we might be strengthened. And all of the things that Moses says here are repeated to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in the New Testament. Come on, mark it. He comes to Joshua and he says, you're going. You're taking the next step. You're taking the next step. Are you taking the next step today, church? Say yes. So be strong. Be courageous. Be strong. Be courageous. You can be strong and courageous today. Why? Because God is proven. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6, church says this. So we are always of good courage in Christ Jesus. Be strong and courageous is a charge to you. He goes on to Joshua, for you shall go with this people into the land that was the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give to them. God will keep his promises. Romans chapter 11, verse 29, for the gifts and the calling and the promises of God are irrevocable. God will keep his promise. Be of good courage, for the Holy Spirit rests inside of you. Go in confidence, for God will keep his promises. They are irrevocable. He says this, you shall put them in possession of the land. What is he saying to Joshua? You shall. God is going to use you. Do you believe that God can use you? He's created good works in advance. You would walk in them. It is the Lord who goes before you. It's not in our strength. New Testament, come on, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. He will not leave you nor forsake you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, quotes it exactly for us, church. He will not leave us, nor will he forsake us. We are not isogeting. We are not taking this passage out of its context at all. For the Lord has repeated himself in the New Testament to you. Be strong. Be courageous. The Lord keeps his promises. He is going to go before you. It is his strength. He will be with you. Matthew 28, verse 20. I am always with you, even to the end of the age, Jesus says. He will not leave you, nor will he forsake you. Then finally this. Come on, let's take our step. Do not be in fear. Do not be dismayed. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Joshua was commissioned by the Lord. At this moment, the elders are going to stand like we did at the midway point of our series. They're going to circle the room. And so the elders are going to come right now, and they're going to stand, and they're going to circle the room. And if you would stand with us now, even as they've moved, if you would stand, I think small group leaders are going to do the same. Come on, stand where you are. Come on and stand. Everybody stand, please. Thank you. Appreciate it. Grab a hand to the person beside you. Close the aisle if you would. Come on, come all the way across. If you're a guest at Mission Church, welcome to the family. This is what we do. Joshua was commissioned by God to be on mission for him. Here's what I know about my life's call. It's going to be in accordance with his will, but it's also going to fit perfectly with your call as well. We're all called to be on mission for the Lord. Ultimately, your workplace, your family, your community, your friends, your relationships, God desires to use you in this next year to lead someone, if you will, into the land. 
into relationship with the Lord. Whatever the details may hold, the charge that was given to Joshua is a charge that is just as serious for you and me today. What is God's mission? Share his gospel. Let your light shine before men that men may see. Share the gospel verbally that they would hear their need for a savior. Make disciples. Raise up disciples in your own homes. Come, serve as the Lord leads you in this place. And then church, we have a collective call together. Together, as the Lord called the nation, so does the Lord call the church to undivided unity and giving glory to him. Amen? Amen. And so whatever that next step is in your life, I pray that you can see how it would fit the next step of us all moving forward together. One army, one church, one name. And so the men are going to pray over our church. They're going to pray for you as well in this moment. Men, let's bow our hearts. Men, pray. Your call is a courageous call. It takes courage for us to take a step that is beyond our control, for us to move to a place where we have to put our full trust in you. Oh God, move us there. Oh God, please help us find peace for the things that we cannot and could not change. Father, give us courage and strength to be able to make the choices that are pleasing to you. Father, for the wolves in this room who need to trust you as personal Lord and Savior, God, I pray in this moment they would cry out to you right now for forgiveness. They would proclaim that they, they're sinners that need you to save their soul. They would trust that your son came and died on a cross, was buried and rose again for their salvation. Oh God, that they would say to you that they want to live their life for you here forward. Oh please, Lord God, make it so in this room. Move in hearts. Father, for those who are called to repent of sin and to move past in steps of obedience, give them strength. Move them into the future with courage and strength. And then, God, move us as a church collectively together to fulfill the mission of Christ. Souls saved, hearts strengthened, churches multiplied. To the glory of God, we pray. And all of God's people said, amen.